Hello and welcome back to the RevOps show. Many people are starting to get antsy and are unsure of what the future is going to look like. As we look to prepare for what lies ahead, Doug and Jess are getting into forecasting. Specifically, what people are doing wrong with it and what can help them get it right. Or at least closer to right, because you'll never be 100% spot on. So with that, let's get into it. It's time to get things started. Jess. I was waiting for it. Doug. I got to be careful. If I keep playing it, we might actually get a cease and desist order. Who, Disney owns them, might. don't they? They do. Oh, and they you're do. like a Disney person. You can't, you'll get I restricted am. from the park. You can get restricted from the park, Jess. Oh, that better not happen. I mean, I, I would, I would be so upset. I don't know what, what I would do, do with myself. What would you do to me if, if something that you did here led you You know to what? Be- that might be the thing that caused me to quit. Well, Jess, you're not allowed to quit. We've already. Hey, that's what you this. keep. That's what you keep saying. No, no, you have. You have committed to that. I have. I have. Because you told me I'm not allowed to quit either. You aren't allowed to quit. <laughs> well, what? If I'm not allowed to quit, then you're not allowed to quit. I thought okay. we had that. I thought we had that. That pat. Fair. Fair. What is? So I guess it's not a brotherhood pack. It's not a sisterhood pack. What is it? Is it an Imagine Hood pack? Um, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, I don't know. Anybody out there that knows? Maybe your maybe maybe your mom knows. I hear maybe my like, mom does know. That's she's she's our number one. Jess's fan. mom. Jess's mom. If you know the answer to that question, if you could let Jess know, exactly. she'll forget to tell me. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So what do we got going on, Jess? What's new in the world? What is what day is today? Today is Friday. But it's Friday two weeks from now, right? Friday two weeks from now, sure. I was telling somebody about the time. I remember I came in, what was a couple months ago, and it was Tuesday. I'm like, well, at least today's Friday, and I wasn't kidding. Yeah. And you were like, Doug, today's Tuesday. <laughs> or that's what I'm saying is like, I, so I realized yeah, that today today's feels... Friday, but today can't be Friday from this week. No. This is like a Friday, like we're three weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels, it, feels like, it feels like we've had a month this week. This week has been a very long month. Well, you know, and it's not been a bad month. It's just been a very it's been a long month. month. Yeah. Yes. Very, this week has been a very intense month. Yes. Yes. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Jess, people are scared right now. And it's interesting. Why do you that? Well, so, so it's, um, it's reporting season on Wall Street. Yes. So everyone's coming. So I get, you know, you know, ne- ne- next time somebody asks me to, uh, next time I'm an analyst that, that, Ask me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell them that I need swag. You know what, Bank of America. If you want me to brief you next time, send me some Bank of America swag. I want a Bank of America quarter zip. That's that's how to get you to do anything. Swag. Like Pretty that's, much. That's your your ultimate goal. Anytime is to get swag. Pretty much. Pretty much. I, yeah. I remember when I was at when I was at Merrill Lynch, um, money managers. And by the way, that was my that was my first entree, not just into swag, but into quality swag. Like I'm oh, talking. Yeah. You know the upper end back when cutter buck was a good brand the upper end like you know nice golf shirts etc and i remember and of course you know when you start i i, I got to merrill lynch just as they were realizing that they needed to professionalize their new hires etc so i think it was like 13 months after i started they totally changed what starting pay was etc so that they could attract yeah higher caliber yeah. people in it people in so i was like i mean i took a huge pay cut 
from where I was to get started at Merrill Lynch. So, you know, got a wife, got a kid. So, Hey, I don't have to buy new shirts. Um, they, you know, they take you out, they, you know, Hey, you want to go out to Morton's? Yeah. Hey, I don't have to, you know, I get a nice steak. I don't have to pay yep. for it. And I remember I came, I looked in my closet one morning and it was like, yeah, you've you know, I had my before. suits from Merrill Lynch and I think 80% of my other shirts had a money manager logo on it. I'm like, okay, something is wrong here. And I remember that weekend I got rid of everything. Um, yeah, but I still, I still love, I love me. I loves me some swag. There's no question about that. You do. A lot of, lot of, um, lot of, oh, I was, so I was on, I was talking to a Bank of America analyst today and, you know, they're, they're moving now. I think, I think it was, you know, the Bloomberg group of economists or business week or whatever, like 30 out of 30 are predicting recession next year and you know there are even people are even beginning to talk about guaranteed recession and i'm not saying there's not going to be a recession but i did say let's not forget that we have accurately predicted 12 of the last three recessions um and and you know there's no question that there's a head when there's no question um and yeah so i'm just you know people are you know it, it, it's 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 the fomo game in 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 a way that <clears throat> everyone's talking about the macro like i have said macroeconomic more in the last 10 days yeah and maybe i've said in my entire life um and i pointed out to somebody I said, you know when you're when when especially when you're talking to the growth side maybe like the finance people the operations people i'm sure they're talking about macroeconomic conditions i said but when you're responsible for growth you don't come in and go well what's the macro and you know economic environment um, you just figure out what the hell do we have to do to grow anyways. So like, yeah, there's a lot of, um, everyone I'm, 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 I'm seeing people moved and they're playing, people are playing tight. Yeah. Yeah. People are fair. And, and some of it is they're playing tight because they think it's tight. What do you mean by that? Well, so I, I had a conversation with somebody else probably a couple months ago. Um, and I, and I actually said, you know, the problem is what, what we're really in is a Twitter recession. Because everyone on Twitter is talking about a recession. Oh, okay. Everyone on Twitter and LinkedIn is talking about a recession. Gotcha. And so we're not really in a recession. And, and as a matter of fact, you know, our, our numbers are still going up. But because everyone's talking about it, we've convinced right. ourselves of it. That we're in a recession. Uh, you know, and, and by the way, I know we're getting closer to a recession because now all of the pontification is, well, you know, we're just going to, you know, convince ourselves into a recession, which, you know, again, I, it's so funny just because this is, this is I'm I'm old. You know, I turned fifty five. I I heard. I, turned, I, heard. Five, I don't know how I feel about that. Let, let let's have a moment of silence for my before fifty five days. <laughs> um, you know, I've just seen I've seen this too many times, and it's just maybe maybe because I saw I was through two of them in financial services. Um, maybe that's why I notice things more. Yeah, but it's just so predictable how people react, and and the different thought leaders and the way that they are, and what it's just it's like oh my gosh, really? You everyone thinks that they've got a it's just yeah. So anyways, yeah, I'm seeing people are a little they're can you know people are nervous. Yeah, everybody says it's looking like 2008. That's that's what I keep hearing. Oh, okay, wow, wow. You're hearing that it's looking like 2008. That's what I, that's what people are who's saying. Telling, who's saying that to you? Share your sources here, expose <laughs> them on this show. 
I'm not going to share yeah, my sources here. It's probably because my, so I, I graduated in, in 2008. Um, so it's probably because of the, because of my age and, and I graduated college. In so this is... I joined the workforce in 2008. So I think my group is hyper aware of, of that. And that's, so... that's why people are saying that. I don't think it's accurate from the housing market standpoint, by the way, but anyway. We're in, we're down a rabbit hole that I don't want to get into. Well, I know, but actually, I do want to say this because because we like 2008 is the worst comparison that you can make. It's the worst comparison you can make. This is so not 2008. Maybe it's 2001. Okay. Um, but it's really more 94. See, so you're going so, way before my time. So 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 the real the real difference here mm -hmm. is um, well, one thing that's that is unique about where we are, and I think this will be a unique recession if we get into recession, is this will be the strongest job market recession. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. I, I, I'm still struck by the fact that, you know, we're talking about 3.5% unemployment and recession. Um, I, At I mean, the same I, time. You know, there was a day when I went to college and I took economics, 5% unemployment was considered full employment. Like right. it was supposed to be impossible. To be under five percent, um, but the 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 thing that is different and why I think a lot of people are not prepared for this is that for you know every recession that most people have been in business for, we have been in a um, still down downward trending interest rate environment with money easing. Here, you know, th this is going to be to some degree, and I don't want to get lost too much into it. This is going to be a Fed. This is going to be a central bank induced um, mm -hmm. recession because of inflation. Now, I do want to point this out because I think a lot of people lose sight of this and I want to give some balance to it. And it matters to our conversation today, whatever. I'm not even 100% sure what we're talking about, but. But it um, matters. So inflation's bad, mm -hmm. right? And, and one of the things that's bad about inflation is when, when people believe that inflation is standard, then it's bad because you just always think everything's going to be more expensive and it creates a lot of fear. The only thing worse than inflation though is deflation. Deflation is deadly. Great depression was caused by deflation. Deflation is everything is worth less tomorrow. And so when we were coming into, you know, as, as the pandemic hit, the major fear was deflation, mm -hmm. right? We were, we were like everything that said what would cause a deflationary environment was in play there. Right. And so your, your go-to move when you're seeing deflation is you feed the economy, right? You just throw, which, which is what governments did, et cetera. Yeah. Which then it turned out got. not to be right. Then it turned out not to be as bad as we thought it was going to be. But, but what people forget is the whole point was the way you fight, fight deflation is to create inflation. And the thing about inflation is we know what to do with inflation. You know what you do in an inflationary environment? You cause a recession, right? And, and so it's kind of like, this is the play. This was the play we were running, right? Now, you know, the Fed missed it because, you know, Jerome Powell was like, no, 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 no. We, over, we overestimated. But it's like, wait a second. We knew this was coming. This was what right. was supposed to come. Oh, my God. Wait, where did this come from? So I think, like, it's why perspective matters, Jess. Perspective matters. That's my key thought for today. Perspective matters. Perspective matters. Okay. Sweet. We what are we talking it. about now? <laughs> not, not recession. <laughs> Believe it or not. Were um, these magic grits? Wow.
right? Totally off the rails. Um, no, actually, if you think about it, everyone thought that that stimulus was magic grits. Okay. See, I can, um, I can make anything connect. So you you wanted to talk about forecasting. You you had some some thoughts on forecasting this week. Um, talk about what what common mistakes are made. So tell me about that. Well, where do you want to start, Jess? At the beginning. What questions Doug? do you have about forecasting? <laughs> well, you said you said that it that it isn't the answer. So I'm curious about why 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 is forecasting not the answer? Why do people think it is the answer? Do you know what today is, Jess? Oh my gosh, I just remembered what today is in this conversation. I mean, I remembered it this morning, but I don't think I told you. Do you know what today is? What is today? Today is Dakota's birthday. No, I did not know that it was Dakota's birthday. Dakota, so, my my great Pyrenees. So we have Drew puppy. And then we have two two days later we have Doug. And three. then two days later, we, I'm sorry, three, three days later, we have Doug, two days later, we have Dakota. And then three days later, we have Jess. All we of our Jess. birthdays are right in a yep. row. Yep. Yep. Look at that. Dakota, my, my 80 pound Great Pyrenees puppy is one year old today. And we had had her for probably about six weeks. She'd gotten out a couple times, came more than a couple times, maybe a couple times a week. Um, was very difficult, increasingly difficult. Of course, she decided to run out when it was hot, humid, et cetera. And so meeting with our trainer and I asked, you know, what tips do you have like when she gets out to be able, you know, to help retrieve her faster? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I got a lot of tips. Um, the problem is, the problem is none of them help after she gets out of the house, right? And And so the thing about forecasting is, you're, you're thinking, well, what does this have to do with forecasting? I, I am. Um, the, the, the thing about forecasting is when people start going to forecasting, when people start saying, so, so what, what prompted this is I've gotten questions from the broader community, both from end customers, you know, pe businesses that, that actually follow me in some way. I don't know why they do, Jess, but some do. Um, also some other agencies that sometimes think I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've asked about forecasting and, and like in every case, the situation that we brought up, forecasting was really not the issue. So when you're looking at for when you're saying, well, I need forecasting, I'm not saying that you don't, you shouldn't be able, you shouldn't be thinking about forecasting. You shouldn't have forecasting, but forecasting is not a solution to any real problem. Um, and, and the only time forecasting is going to be really helpful is when you've got it in place before you need it. So if you want to figure out what do you do to manage, you know, your your dog getting out, you need to do the things before she gets out. It's the same thing. You know, if you want forecasting to be valuable, then, you know, for, forecasting provides insight over longer terms. It's not something like when someone says, well, my biggest problem right now is forecasting. I go, oh, well, congratulations. Why do you say that? Because forecasting is is an optimizing item. So it's like that's awesome. So so you're you're really looking to be able to optimize what's going on. So like if you think about where we are, Jess, where we've gotten better at forecasting, and we're continue to work on forecasting because we're trying to give it. We want to get a clearer signal to trigger our hiring. How serious? Um, and if you think about it, I think we did an exceptional job, though 
we have seen the demand pick up a little bit faster than we anticipated. So I feel a little bit behind now, but, but we went on aggressive hiring, mm-hmm. right? Without sacrificing. Yep. Right. We, but we didn't overhire. No, right? we didn't. So, so, so we picked up some of that signal that, right. And so that's a, you know, that, that, that's an optimizing thing, right? So, so our, our, you know, the core aspects of our business were in really good shape, as good a shape as they've ever been in. And so forecast, you know, so if forecasting is your problem, then you're in really good shape. Um, one of the things, so, so I had somebody ask me for help on, they actually wanted to know if, if we would um, partner with them on something. So I said, well, t- you know, tell me the situation. And it was like, they had three salespeople their average sale was 200 250,000 and the an and the typical you know they made 6 to 10 sales per year mhm right and and their frustration was is they didn't feel like they had good forecasting and and my answer was yeah you, you don't <laughs> right you can't have good forecasting yeah right um you know, we we live in a world where our forecasting is only within a range for how good our forecasting can be, because you know we're we're in a ones and twos and threes business, right? I mean, think about it: two or three accounts, plus or minus two or three accounts, in a month for us, mm-hmm. is the difference between two very different. I mean, the only thing that that plus or minus two or three has in common is they both get a no shit. Right. They both create an oh shit okay, moment. Accurate. Right. If we're yeah. plus two or three, then it's like, oh shit. Right. If we're right. under two or three, it's oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. Right. And and so, but two or three in a month, that's not like there's a million things that are gonna happen on that. And right. and, and especially if you look at what our average sale price is. Yep. If, you know, a week here, two weeks there, like all those things come about they're you know, I, 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 my, my favorite example of this is if I took a thousand gallon container, put it into the Atlantic Ocean, pulled water up, and there were no jellyfish, it would not be a safe assumption to say there are no jellyfish in the Atlantic. Right. So, I mean, you hit you hit on 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 some of this a little bit, but so so if we think about it as jobs to be done, right? What what are we hiring forecasting for? Like what are what what are you actually using forecasting for? Where where is it beneficial to you? So, I mean, you talked about it from a resource allocation standpoint because you brought up we we hired. So, you know, when when what you're always trying to do is to build predictability into your environment, and so I think forecasting is a form of predictability. There there, I mean, there's two levels of forecasting. There is forecasting for resources. Mm-hmm. Right. There's forecasting for managing the business. Um, and, you know, the, the, the problem that people have in the approach they take to forecasting is they're looking for precision. When, when, when in fact, what forecasting does is provides range in, in, in even the best circumstances. Right. Um, and, and, and that's why, you know, if your numbers are small, then, then your variance is going to be wide. And, and, and the difficulty is, until you get to a certain level of critical mass, your variance can be so wide that that forecasting for resource management just there's no point in doing that, right? Because the very you know, 
you know, so so we're going to be, you know, at X plus or minus 90%. That's that's not very helpful. <laughs> no. Okay. It's not. So so you know, here what what I would do is I would run scenario planning, right? I'd be looking and saying, "Okay, well what happens if we're at here? What happens if we're at this tranche, this tranche or this tranche?" Okay. Um, some people call that worst expect it best. I'm actually thinking of something different. Um, it's the same idea, but you know, and then as I'm looking at it, by, by the way, the other thing that you've got to think you've got to consider when you're talking about forecasting and you're thinking about that is over what period of time. So, mm -hmm. so if you're in, if you're like, we do not forecast on a monthly basis. We, I don't, I don't think in terms of months. I think in right. terms of quarters. Right. right. I, I, I watch quarters. I watch trailing 90 days. Um, I'm, I'm looking to be able to see, are we beginning to pick up a band there? And, and, you know, the thing that's interesting is whenever you look at your, um, you know, when, when, when I look at inflection points that, that are oftentimes at the point that a company grows. Now, the problem is this is also at the point where a company shrinks is you'll actually see a, um, a major increase in variance before it picks up. So you're one, two, one, two, one, two, six, zero, zero, three, zero, four, six, five, six, five, six, five, six, five. Right. So you, you know, that, that, you know, that's a pattern where you've grown. Right. But before you hit that next plateau, you actually go through this, this variance. Um, and, and, and so if you, if you begin to think about, you know, from a resource standpoint, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? What are we doing up? Which is how we used to manage it, right? It's not really forecasting. Like I said, it's a little bit more scenario planning. So, so that, you know, I don't want to be surprised by um, that so that we can get into that. If you have more questions, I'm sure you will. The other past aspect of forecasting, which is actually what I think is the missed, the missed opportunity of forecasting. What we want to do with forecasting is we want to build predictability. Why do we mm -hmm. want predictability? Well, we want predictability because we want to allocate our limited resources better. And, and in sales, our limited resources are people, our time, and our effort. So we ask people to, and this is what drives me crazy. I, I so, it's, it's the aspect actually, HubSpot's no worse than, but, but they really built out their forecasting model based on, so there's a forecasting kind of a pre-built automated forecasting ability to do in HubSpot, which right. is great if you want to do the typical approach to forecasting, right? It's awesome for that. It takes a lot of friction out of it. The problem is I hate the traditional approach to forecasting. We, you know, we ask you to commit, you know, what are your commits? What's your this? What's your this? The, the reality is, you never close the loop on the forecast or, or you're asking people, you know, when you're asking them for commits, the only loop you close is when you overestimate. So if I put these accounts at commit and they don't close, mm -hmm. then, then I have to answer to that. Right. And, and by the way, here's the, th here's the other thing that I noticed. I'm going to ask you a quick question. When do people complain about forecasting? When do people say that forecasting is a problem? Oh, um, when they're not when they're not closing the amount of business they want to close. Yeah, yeah. How often does someone come in and say? So remember when I said that forecasting, if forecasting is your problem, I say congratulations. Yeah. 
the legitimate reason to look at forecasting is we need to get better at forecasting because we're struggling to keep up. We are so over planned and that's causing, you know, that, 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 that's going to cause a problem. Yeah. Right. Now I would say that that's about 2% of the people who put forecasting on the top of their pain list. So, so the reality is the only thing, what they're really saying is they've got a, a sales problem, right? They've got a new business problem, uh, a revenue problem, what, 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 whatever you want to say here. And, and so what we ask you to do is we ask you to commit. Mm-hmm. We build in an aspect because we never fully close the loop. We don't get mm-hmm. better at predicting. We don't get, we don't, we're not teaching salespeople how to look and how to think better. By the way, if I want to forecast, if, if I want to get better at predicting, I want to get the reason that that's helpful is I can get better at interventions. So, so if you tell me this is going to close, and that's a fact, then okay, that's great. Nice to know. This is not going to close. Okay, great. My question is, well, what do I do about it? Okay, this is going to close, but what would prevent it? Right? How do I right. prevent it from not closing? Right. Um, and, and, and so we come in, and I'm seeing some companies do this right now. They are so, you know, macroeconomic environment. By the way, forecasting becomes a thing. You know, people are getting scared when they're talking about forecasting. Why do you say right? that? It's like when reporting becomes important, we need to fix our reporting. It makes you feel a sense of comfort and certainty. Well, well no. The, the, so the, the reality is your forecast tells you you're going to miss, you're, you're, you're 50% below where you need to be. And so you say there's something wrong with our forecasting because I can't be 50% below where I need to be. It's like, okay. hey, I'm so, hey, I'm sorry. That's where, that's where you are. Right. right? And, and, and. And by the way, so the four, you know, so, so you end up putting more and more pressure. I see this all the time. Right. We're seeing forecasting frequency, pipeline reviews. What's this? Who can, what can you move to commit? Move that to commit. Um, and it, 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 it creates this artificial pressure. It creates, we, we, we put a timing element on it. In, in essence, like the difference between buying a stock and buying an option is if you're right buying a stock, you can wait a long time to be right. But if you're buying an option, the danger of buying an option is you might be right, but if your timing's not right, then you lose. And, and, and so we start building, like I see this happening in sales motions. We see it with our clients that salespeople are all of a sudden putting the pressure on and they're trying to, you know, it's, it's the sales created urgency. And of course they're coming off of this period where they thought they'd gotten so professional because yeah, you know, we, you know, buyers, but yeah, we get that. Right. Cause yep. you know, we had a tailwind. And, and, and so what, what I'm saying is what forecasting should be is you're placing a bet from, from an, from a salesperson perspective. Mm-hmm. What I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to place bets. To say whether right. I'm going to close this deal or not. And I'm betting on this deal. I'm not betting on that deal. Well, well, but the bet is the bet is what are the odds? Okay. Right. What odds gotcha. are you going to give me? Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so here's my question. It, what, what, where do you spend your time? I've got um, a three hundred thousand dollar opportunity. Let, 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 let's assume that that for purposes of this, deal size is bigger to the, the deal the better. That's rarely true. Always, like there's there's lots of things that come into this, but for purposes just to keep it simple, bigger deal what, is better. What? Okay, uh, I've got a three hundred thousand dollar opportunity. I got a one in ten chance of winning it. Okay. 
I've got a $20,000 opportunity. Well, let me change. I've got a $50,000 opportunity. I got a 45% chance. I've got a 40% go, chance. You, you'd spend more time on the $50,000 opportunity. Could you, because there's more chance. Which one's worth more? The three, the, okay. So, you, so yeah, you're right. $300,000 opportunity. Which one do you spend time on? You know what? In, in, in the reality is it really depends upon the situation. Yeah. Now, all things being equal, $300,000 opportunity with a 10%. Yeah, yeah. All things being equal, you would spend more time on the, no. yeah. Now, here's what I notice. When I put a 10% probability on something, mm -hmm. in my experience, I should probably do a regression, regression analysis on this. In my experience, people close more than 10% of their 10% opportunities. Okay. Why is that? Why do you think that is? Because I think the 10% opportunity is, it's not based on anything really. And, and I'll, I'll come back to another, to another point. I think they close less than 80% of their 80% probabilities. Okay. So you've, you've seen pipelines, Jess, you've seen the yeah, 10, I, 20, 50. I actually was, was have a question for you. Cause I don't know that we've ever talked about this, like how you feel about, the the probability being explicitly tied to the deal stage like stage-based probability is bullshit i had a feeling you were gonna say stage-based <laughs> probability is abject bullshit and, and by the way here's how we know this right i have a blog post on this um go to our blog look you know type in forecasting you'll find it um we we all have this i i, I have deals in, in 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 our last stage yeah right and i'm like it's a flyer it's a flyer what is, I, sorry, I'm not, it's a flyer. What does that mean? It's a long shot. Okay. It's a long shot, right? I've got opportunities that are early. I've got opportunities that are in our pre-sales pipeline. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this thing, this is, you know, right. So I like, I, I, I can point to two opportunities easily in our pre-sales pipeline. So they're not even in our percentages of pipeline, right. That have a higher probability of, of winning than, than an opportunity that I, that we have in our last stage. Why do you think that's so common? If it's why if is it's what so common? Tying probability to deal stage, deal stage based probability because that's how Salesforce built their CRM, and so everybody's just it's habit. That's how we got just yeah, it's what we did. It it it's it's a little bit of of uh, a very simple human mistake of we we confuse. You know, the closer you are, I mean, you know, so, somebody out there is going, why the hell do you have a opportunity in the last stage? that's got a lower probability than an opportunity in the earlier, in an earlier stage. Yeah. My answer would be, should I have kicked them out? <laughs> right. And, and now here's the thing. I haven't spent huge effort on it. Right. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, we, you know, I, we had an opportunity. Um, I don't think I ever put the chance of winning it above 30%. It was a roughly quarter million dollar opportunity. We lost it. Yep. Um, I put I real time in trying to win about. it. Yeah, I, I put in real time, you know, I put in real time trying to win it. I treated it, you know, through the process. I, I viewed it through the lens, probably in the neighborhood of it was worth 35 to 70,000. Right. So I'm going to treat it like, I mean, I gave it the same treatment as I gave a $75,000 opportunity that I felt really confident of. You know what? I lost that one. Um, so, so I think that there's, you know, the probability is, is really more criteria based than it is stage based. Um, you know, we added uh, um, a property to our pipeline. So we not only have forecast confidence, which I'll come back to, but but we also have deal effort. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And so here's one of the things that we do that's fundamentally different. And I know we, we, we did talk about this in an earlier episode. Our audience has grown so much that I'm sure most of them have not gone back and listened to this. But, you know, if I commit to this account and I lose it, I'll get called to the carpet on it. Right. Yep. But when I have this account and I'm like, well, there's a 15% chance and it closes from out of the blue. There's no, there's no, yeah. Not, not only do we not, is there no consequence? We celebrate it. Right. Right. And, and, and by the way, when we really look at our forecasting, because the reason that we're really looking at our forecasting is we're trying to make up a shortfall. We don't really care about the accuracy. We care about the number. Right. So if I lose a hundred thousand dollars that I thought I was going to win, but I win a hundred thousand dollars that I thought I was going to lose, we go, see, I forecast it correctly. Is that what, when, so you brought up earlier that we don't close the loop on the forecast. Is that what you're talking about when you say we don't close the loop on the forecast? Like we don't look yeah. at, we forecasted this at 15% and revisit that back. Why did we close that one? If we, why did we have it forecasted at 15% and then we, we won it? Why did we have this one at 80 and we didn't win it? We don't, we don't have those types of conversations. Yeah. And, 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 and what I would say too, and, and, you know, the pro the problem with stage-based forecasting is also that there's no involvement in forecasting. Yep. Right. Yep. There's, there's no involvement in me saying, okay, I'm, I'm calling this probability. Right. And, and so what, what I want to look at too, is how frequently is someone changing that probability? So do you, do you not like uh stage-based for, uh, probability, even if it's a transactional sale, like if it's a transactional type sale, is that a place where stage-based probability makes sense? Not really. Okay. How, how many people go back and, and, and check? I mean, what, whatever you do probability wise, if you do, if you're doing any type of forecasting, if, if you're not on some regular basis checking, well, we allocated a 70% chance to this did for every 10 deals that got here, did we win seven? Mm-hmm. But, and, and here's what I'll tell you. We, we underestimate our low probabilities. We overestimate our, our large probabilities. And, and like you come into the pipeline at 10%, right? Yeah. In, in 90% of sales processes that I've seen, if you're in the pipeline, there's a better than 10% chance because the fact that you, you had a bona fide conversation with the salesperson about something says, more than 10% of those should probably buy or, or, or there's a you're, different problem. You're assuming that every single first stage is a bona fide health conversation. I just want to. Well, well, so what, so, so that's here's not, the problem. That's here's, not the first stage for a lot, like a lot of people. If, if, if you're selling thousands and thousands of transactions, mm-hmm. then, then for purposes of resource planning, averages are okay. Okay. But you know what's wrong with, you know, you don't, another descriptor for averages always incorrect right because if i'm average so if i've got some high some low so i take the average that means i'm under allocating some i'm over allocating others i'm wrong on everything it's just the wrongness balances out i've never thought of it that way but that's what average is right that's why um I mean, if you get into psychological research and things like that, you find, I mean, one of the things that's happening in behavioral science right now is that so much historical research is based on averages. So when you start studying aspects about the brain and what we think is normal behavior, abnormal behavior, mm-hmm. it's all based on an average, except when you try to find how many brains 
actually fit the descriptor of what is considered to be the normal brain. You know what you find out? None of them do. It's not how brains work. And so we've actually, so everybody is abnormal. Yeah. Well, that's right? accurate. Which, which means we take the wrong play mm -hmm. at the wrong time in the wrong situation with the wrong person. And then we go, I don't understand why, you know, why is life getting harder? Right. So, so the biggest value of forecasting is predictability. Mm -hmm. How are you allocating your energy and your effort? Right. We, we need, you know, see, see, here's the thing about, and you know, I love poker and you know, I love baseball and you know yes. why? Because, because there's a, there's a immediate feedback system. Yeah. There's an immediate feedback system. And so you, you, and there's a consequence. Right. So actually I'm, I was explaining resulting to somebody and they misunderstood the term resulting. They said the problem, like, don't like, it was something about the scoreboard and make sure that you don't, you know, your scoreboard shouldn't be results. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what we're saying. That's, that's not what we're saying. It's, you know, resulting is, is, is always a danger. And it's like, you know, if I just have a good at bat, if I have a good swing and I never get a base hit, that's a problem. Yeah. Right. But, but there's an immediate feedback loop. You can break it down. You can look at inputs. You can look at outputs. You're, there, there's a forced learning. Right. Same thing in poker. And by the way, when you look in poker, one of my favorite stories as I was understanding the strategy behind poker was, was someone who had learned to play the game professionally who realized that, um, you know, their, their coach said, the problem here is that you're in the money too much. And she said, well, I thought winning was the point of the game. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, the, the, the problem is if you break down what, be, because you're winning so frequently, take a look at how much you're winning. And by the way, professional poker players, they calculate dollars per, like they know what their hourly rate is. Like they're, they calculate their winnings per dollar spent playing right. the game, right? Which yeah. is probably a smart thing to do. And, and, and so the difficulty is because you're coming in the money, you're playing too conservatively, right? you're coming on the low ends to make a living playing poker. You got to win. You got to win the big money. Right. To win the big money. There are times where you have to play longer bets. You have to put things at risk. You right. Have, like there's a point where you have to go all in. Yeah. Right. And, and so learning how to balance those two things out in, in, in a game that is always variable, that will never be 100% predictable. Right. You're forced to learn those elements. So you're always thinking in odds. So you know what the, the term thinking in bets maybe should be thinking in odds. But you know, the bet is, you know, where where's that confidence level? What is that confidence level? Right. How can we learn to spend more time on 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 the better things, less time on the worse things? Right. And and by the way, you know what? It's okay if you're consistent. I've learned that, you know, there are some people they will consistently run a little bit lower, but, it, right. but there's a consistent. So, so they tend to be a little bit more conservative and I know, okay, I kind of run a mental calculation of, I put them up one degree, somebody else right. I take down one degree, sure. but, but that loop, you know, the value of forecasting is where, where's the forecast? What's the measurement tying it back to the forecast? What's the hypothesis that led to that and getting into that virtual element? And then also understanding that the variance, you know, understand your variances, right? I know that, that 
when we're good, we're plus on a quarterly basis right now, I would say we're plus minus 50%, maybe getting towards, we might get to plus minus 25%. I think if we ever right. get to plus minus 20, which is a pretty big ass range. Yeah. Right. And, and, and what does that mean? It means, okay, if I'm coming in one quarter and I'm, and I'm saying, okay, I think we're going to do a half million this quarter, just make, just picking a number. That means, you know what, that half million, I could do, you know, this forecast is right if we do 250 it's right. right if we do 750 right right well well i want to be careful that if i make you know if i over allocate to 750 what happens if i do 250 now right. if i play to my downside of 250 then like you know then i might and we come into 750 that might cause a different problem and so if i play to the downside that's going to restrain potentially my upside right, right? Yep. and so i have to think in terms of those bets Sure. But that's what forecasting is. Forecasting is not, well, we said we were going to, I mean, I used to do it all the time. We're going to, all you have to do is bring in two deals a month. All you have to do is bring in two deals a month, right? What two deals a month means three months of the year, I'll bring in eight. And then I can take the rest of the year off. Well, no, no, it, it's not. No, I have to work all 12 months to be able to bring in eight, right. in three different months. Here, right. Here's what it is. It's one, one, zero, 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 ten. Are you, no. You, yeah. Yeah. You're, Right, right. You, you, you've heard my analogy. It, it, it's the corner. It's the quarters carnival game. Yeah, it's that thing where it's pushing the quarters, pushing the it, right. quarter in, and then phew, a whole bunch of quarters come. And then That's all of a sudden what, you get all the quarters. Yep. Right. And so, and so we build this whole forecast that says smooth, 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 smooth. Right. And so, what is two per month? That's the average. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what? Yep. You know what two per month is? Wrong every month. As a matter of fact, always, back, always inaccurate. Right. I look back over our last four years, Jeff. I ran the numbers of each year. What was our average win per month? And less than 10% of the months did we bring in the average. By the way, take a look at financial, take a look at, at saving money, building wealth. What's the average return of the stock market? Yeah. Then everyone runs their numbers on that return every year, but you right. never get that return every year. Right. 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 Which is why you retire confidently and end up being a greeter at Walmart. No offense to people who are greeting at Walmart because they want to have connection with people in the world that I don't mean any offense to anybody who's greeting at Walmart. I only mean the people are greeting at Walmart because they have to, because they have to, because their advisor did straight math. <laughs> And by the way, here's the other thing. If you blow away a quarter, it's funny. I'm telling everybody that we had a great third quarter and especially year over year. Best, we had our best third quarter ever. Yep. And, and before that, our best quarter ever was fourth quarter last year. Yep. And our fourth quarter last year was our best quarter ever by a uh, By a lot. By a lot, right? Yeah. I was explaining, I do not expect to beat our fourth quarter last year. They're like, oh, really? I thought you said things were good. I'm like, yeah, they're good. We we just blew out our fourth quarter this quarter, right? This past quarter. Yeah. Of, of course, we're not going right. to you know, blow that out, right? The only way you're going to blow that out is because you've sandbagged something, which, you know, far too often public companies do. And we've kind of, we've kind of fallen into this path that we think forecasting is the equivalent of, of companies reporting earnings to Wall Street. Um, what was that that you just said? What? Say, repeat that again, what you just said. 
we think of forecasting too much as the idea of of what it looks like when companies are reporting to Wall Street. Okay, gotcha. You know, they gotcha. beat their number, they met their number, uh, you know, yep. the number is always going up. Well, as most people will tell you, there's a lot of manufacturing going on to, to make it look that way. Who, who Who is the greatest investor of all time? Uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, <laughs> right? Do you know what Warren Buffett looks for? No. He looks for what? companies with chunky revenue and chunky profits. What's another word for chunky? Highly variant. And the reason is he says, we hold these companies for a long time. What we care about is how much money do we make? Yeah. We don't care if it all comes, you know, we, we don't care if the money, like let's say we want to make $10 billion. If that $10 billion comes in, you know, if we make $20 billion in year one and we lose, or if we lose a billion dollars for nine years and then we make $19 billion. Yeah. We made $10 billion. And here's what we know. We can get that for a whole lot less than, right. than these companies that look like everything's super consistent, et cetera. Right. Chunky's good. Yep. Anybody that's um, had peanut butter knows that Chunky is good. Uh, Don't at me. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to start a debate about Chunky versus creamy peanut butter on here. Um, you wanted to circle back on forecast confidence. So I wanted to ask you what you wanted to talk about there. Yeah, so what we ask people to do, we keep it pretty simple. What we ask people to do, and I do it myself, um, is we have a forecast confidence property, um, one to five. So it's um, is it hopeful, possible, probable, likely, definite. And, and hopeful is 5%, possible is 30%, probable is 50%, likely is 67%, definite is 95%. Um, and, and I update that from time to time. By the way, one of the things I used to do, one of the things I realized, is I used to go four to one to three to two to five to, right? And yep. I realized that actually one of the problems in sales is there's so much noise because there's so much emotionality. Yeah. I'd have a bad call with somebody or the call wouldn't go as well. And I'd be like, oh shit, yeah, we're... And by the way, and it's like, okay, wait, this just went down to a two. I'm looking at the value of the opportunity. It's it's a you know, $200,000 opportunity. Um. I'm looking at the effort that I put into it. And now I'm, I'm like, whoa, well, okay. You know what? Because by the way, at the end, you win it or you lose it. Yeah. Right. You know, you know what, you know, what they call second place, don't you? First lost. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as the business philosopher, Ricky Bobby likes to say, if you're not first, you're last. First, you're last. Um, right. And, you know, so, so the difficulty in the game of probabilities is, is again, you can come out, but, in the end, it's zero or one. You get the money or you don't get the money. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, oh, well, you know what? Let's discount this. Yeah, and, so, and it's interesting that you that you bring that up about the emotionality to it and, and the forecast confidence because you and I have debriefed on some of those where you've either been moving the forecast confidence or like, like I think to take some of that out of it. Like you, you and I will talk about those conversations or those opportunities. And and, and, and that's why what you also want to do is you want to, you want to track those, those confidence metrics to what's the criteria, right? If you're playing poker, there's elements of, of what you're seeing on the table, what your yep. position in, in, in the betting, who's left, what's their stack look like, how many, like there's all these things that, that you're tying your confidence to. And so one of the things, and I really, and you remember, cause we won a piece of business where we stayed firm right yeah. after it looked like, you know, 
and and it was wait a second what has actually changed right nothing has actually changed right and so we're playing a hand of poker and i'll tell you you know what you know what you call somebody who plays poker and and their emotions are driving them do you know what it's referred to no you need to watch uh, running molly oh my gosh i i i have watched it and it's not called running molly um what people are gonna uh molly's game molly's game there you go molly's game you gotta watch molly's i don't game i don't remember we'll... i don't remember what they called it in the movie. and then you have to watch oh my god i'm going blank on um the one with ed norton and that round rounders rounders there you go rounders it's called um he's on tilt he's playing on tilt she's playing on oh tilt. okay yeah they're yeah, on tilt yeah. yeah right i mean i hate to say this most most salespeople and today what what i'm seeing right now and for they're, they're on tilt. Everyone's running on tilt, right? And 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 so what's happening? We're I'm you know, we're pushing harder at the wrong time. We're 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 creating more friction with the buyer. And and the reality is, nothing has really changed. And and by the way, here's here's the other thing. It gets to negotiation. What's the alternative, right? If they don't do this, what are they going to do? Yeah, yeah, right. And 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 sometimes we're playing to justify 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 when reality what we should be doing is we should be re-exposing what's the alternative yep and here's what i've learned helping people understand the alternative costs you less than than overreacting imagine that <laughs> all right i got a couple of uh key takeaways you have to start forecasting before you need your forecast so start doing that early um, the forecast doesn't provide precision. It provides a range, which I think you're spot on. That's a place where everybody expects it to be this precise number. Um, and then closing the loops, the step that frequently gets missed, but key when you're looking at your forecast and kind of briefing on your debriefing on your forecast. There you go. You got it. All right. This was fun. Um, all right, Jess. Well, I don't even know what to do. I don't even happy I, birthday I, um... to Dakota. There we go. Happy birthday, Dakota. Happy birthday. And Jets, because we won't have another RevOps show. We won't. Before this. I'll be a year older the next time we have our ha RevOps show. Happy birthday to you. What, so what is this, 27? You, you will go with that. 20, 27, sure. <laughs> Until next time. Thanks, everybody. And that's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps show. If forecasting is the only thing you're worried about or having issues with, then you must be lucky. Remember, it's important to brief on the wins and the losses, especially if they were unexpected. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about forecasting or anything else RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at DemandCreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.